hey, hey, welcome back, everyone. This is Oshu. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you don't know, I am your host, Cassidy, and this is my podcast. Welcome. I just want to take a minute and say thank you to anyone new that is listening. Thank you for joining. And if you've been listening for a while, I also want to say thank you. I appreciate your guys, your guys' support a lot. And um, it means a lot to me that you guys just come out and listen to my podcast. I don't know. It seems crazy. Um, so yeah, I'm very thankful for every single person that's listening right now. So I try to start my episodes with a little bit of a life update. And I don't really know if I have anything like huge. Me and Charlie just got back from New York. And guess where we're going again this weekend? Oh, yeah, you guessed it. We're going back to New York. Um, we didn't stay for the whole like week. We are flying back for the weekend because it just was going to be a little bit too expensive. And I had some sessions I had to get back to. Um, in the meantime, in between, I had like back to back weekend New York weddings. So in the time in between, I had sessions in Michigan. So that's why we are back, but we are going back to New York this weekend. And when we go back, we actually aren't flying home. We are flying from New York to Utah. And I say Utah like that because I've never been to Utah. I've only like driven through and like stopped at like a restaurant maybe. So I'm excited to actually go and spend some time in Utah and just honestly just go to the Salt Flats. I think that's the thing that I am so excited about. I'm going with my family and so my parents, my younger sister and Charlie, we are doing my younger sister's senior photos and we wanted a change of scenery. So we said, you know what, why not try Utah? So that is kind of just like what we're doing. I'm very excited for our travel. And I guess the only other update would be that it's not really an update because I've been doing this for a while, but I started a series on my Instagram and TikTok called 30 Days of Lightroom. And it's basically just geared towards teaching you guys how to use Lightroom and all of the basics of everything in Lightroom, basically, over 30 days. So if you haven't been watching that series, you can go to my Instagram or my TikTok and binge all of those videos. I think I am I'm on like day, I don't even know, 10 maybe. So I have like a, a lot more videos to do. So yeah, you'll be catching the series early, which is exciting. So that is enough of life updates. I think it's time to jump into today's episode. And guys, this is a frequently requested episode. I am constantly getting DMs and requests. And like even on my Facebook group, people will, um, when they become members, ask to like for this episode, basically, they um, a lot of people do not know how to use a flash. And I today am going to do my best to teach you how to use a flash. So um, I want to preface this by saying I am like by no means a flash expert. Like there's some settings on the flash I still don't fully understand, but I do use a flash at every single wedding. And I feel like I'm pretty, um, pretty consistent with it. So I'm going to share with you the knowledge that I have on flashes and hopefully it can help you understand how to use a flash better. 
So the flash that I am going to be talking about is not the flash that is built into your camera. It is an external flash. So it's a flash that goes on the top of your camera and you kind of like hook it in. It's not like a hook. You like move this little lever thing and it um, secures it onto your camera. The area that the flash goes onto is called um, either it's called like a horseshoe or a hot spot. Um, hold on. Let me look this up because this is truly embarrassing that I don't know what this is called. LOL. It is called a hot shoe. So I was kind of right. I said hot spot or horseshoe. So it's called a hot shoe. That is where you put the camera on your flash on the camera. I'm so sorry. My words just are not happening right now. So yeah, that is the flash that we are going to be talking about today. Um, so I also will be talking about the settings on a flash. So like the very specific things that you'll need to know about the flash. And then I'm going to tell you how to use the flash and the different ways that you can use the flash for different scenarios. So I don't want to scare you away in the first couple of minutes of the episode because we're going to be talking about very specific settings, but just know I am going to tell you practically how to use the flash as well. So those are the things that we're going to cover. Um, the flash that I have, um, so I shoot on Sony and the flash that I have is a Sony HVL F45RM compact. So that's a lot of random, random letters and numbers, but that's the flash that I use. So if you have Sony and you're interested in getting a flash, that is the flash that I love and I recommend it. So let's get into the settings on a flash. So you can shoot in manual mode on a flash, which is just like shooting in manual mode on a camera. So if you have a flash and you don't fully understand manual mode for your camera yet, I would recommend doing that first before you jump into manual mode on your flash because it does get a bit confusing, I will say. So the two settings that I change on my flash are the aperture and the focal length. Besides that, I will admit I don't really mess with any of the other settings on the flash. If I need to change anything besides those two things, I'll actually go into my camera's manual settings and switch things there. So if I, you know, have my settings all good on my flash and then I notice that the image is too bright, I won't go onto my flash and fix anything. I'll go into my camera and lower the ISO on my camera instead. I don't know if that's necessarily the right thing to do, but for me, just a little bit easier. So the first thing we're going to talk about as far as settings on the flash go are um, first, we'll talk about the aperture. So on a flash, you can shoot on manual mode, like I was saying, and in manual mode, you'll be able to change the aperture on the flash, which sounds a little bit confusing, but as you think about it, it actually starts to make sense. So the aperture on the flash will determine like how bright the flash will be. And I think basically all of the manual settings on a flash are just like a camera where it determines how bright um, the flash will be or how dark it will be. So, um, the higher the aperture you have on your flash, by the way, you might want to be taking notes possibly it's up to you. Um, anyway, so the higher the aperture you have, so let's say F 12, 
the brighter your flash will be. Rather than if you have your aperture at f2.8, the flash will be um, darker. So this is because when you um, when you have your aperture higher, so f12 on your camera, um, the image is going to be darker. Therefore, it needs to illuminate the subject more. So essentially, when your aperture, um, when you set your aperture on your flash and you say, I'm going to set my flash to an f12 aperture, essentially you are telling your flash that your camera is set to f12. Therefore, because your camera's at f12, the image is going to be darker. So the flash needs to work harder to get the image brighter. On the other end, if you set your flash to f2.8, your image is going to be darker. So the flash isn't going to send out as bright of a light because your f-stop on your camera, you're telling it that your f-stop on your camera is lower. Therefore, it doesn't need as much light to illuminate the subject. Um, so you can change you know, the manual settings on your flash and they don't necessarily match your camera. So if you are shooting at f2.8, but you take a photo with your flash at f2.8 and it's not bright enough, that's okay. You just have to go into your flash and maybe raise up that aperture so it gives, um, you know, that light a brighter illumination on your subject, if that makes sense. Um, so essentially, the higher your aperture is on your flash, the brighter the light it will send out and the lower your aperture is on the flash. So f2.8 for me is a low aperture f12 is a high aperture the lower your aperture f2.8 the less light is going to be sent out from your flash so i hope that makes sense um typically i am just matching the aperture that my camera has to be honest so if i'm shooting at f2.8 i'm just going to match that on my flash but there are instances where I do want the flash to be a little bit brighter. And so then I will go ahead and raise up the aperture. Now, the other thing that I change on my flash within the manual settings is also the focal length. Um, and the focal length functions kind of as the same thing. Um, so like the less light is going to come from your flash to illuminate your subject. Um, so on your flash, a let's say 50 millimeter length will emit less light than a 135 millimeter setting. Um, and the reason that this is, is because um, if you have a 135 millimeter lens, you're going to need more power from your flash to illuminate your subject because your subject is all the way across the room versus if you're shooting on a 50 millimeter, your flash doesn't need as much light to illuminate your subject because they're a little bit closer. So it's that same concept where it's going to, um, you know, the, the wider your lens is, the less light it's going to illuminate out because it doesn't need as much light. And it's also important to keep in mind that as you raise your focal length, so as you get a longer and longer lens on your flash setting, um, the light is also going to distribute um, a little bit more evenly because um, it's not all concentrated in one area. Your flash is like, it's 
literally like illuminating everything because that's what it has to do to get that light all the way across the room versus if you were shooting on a 50 millimeter. So like I said, I don't usually change any other settings on my flash other than these two things, the aperture and the focal length. And yeah, I mean, that honestly is the most confusing thing about a flash. Um, when it comes to settings, I want to talk about your settings then on your camera. So when you're using a flash, your shutter speed has to be lower than normal. That's just kind of how it works. This is just because when your flash fires, it fires at a certain speed and you want your camera to go off at the same time, if not like just right after your flash goes off so it can capture the flash happening, which is what's going to illuminate your photo. So if you take photos with your flash and you notice that only part of your image has a flash on it, um, that's just going to be an issue with your shutter speed. Um, essentially your flash is going off and if your shutter is too high, it's only capturing part of the flash on your subject. And then the flash is like going away with the other part of the image, which it, as you're shutter closes, it's going to become darker in like just one specific area. It literally, when this happens, um, it looks like there's just a straight line across your photo and part of the image is dark and part of it is light. And that honestly just has to do with timing your camera, not being set at the right shutter speed to capture the flash happening. So if you want to make sure your shutter speed is at the right shutter speed, you just need to look up what your camera's flash shutter speed is. Um, honestly, your camera might automatically set a shutter once you put your flash on the hot shoe. And that will tell you, you know, this is the shutter speed that my flash, my camera needs to be at so that it captures the flash within the image. Um, for me on my Sony, I'm pretty sure mine is one over 125 for my shutter. And for my Canon, I think it was similar to that. It might've been like one over 60 or something. So yeah, that is how you're going to change your shutter speed on your camera when you're using a flash. I highly recommend when you get your flash on your camera, just messing around with different shutter speeds and seeing what happens as you raise and lower that shutter speed as the flash is going off. Honestly, that's kind of the best way that I learn is by changing one setting and noticing the difference between the two photos and seeing what that setting does to the image. So the other thing with your camera settings as you are using a flash um, is your ISO. So with your ISO, you are most likely, this is most likely, not all the time, most likely you are going to have a lower ISO. So um, indoors, let's say you're at a wedding reception and you don't have a flash, you are just banking on that natural light that's in the room or any overhead light and your ISO probably is going to have to be a little bit higher, you know, ISO a thousand or 3000, whatever it is, um, because you are adding the flash to your images, you are adding this whole new light source and you really don't need your ISO that high anymore because that light source is working in your favor to give you more light. Therefore you don't need your ISO super high because you want to make sure it's low enough that you don't have a ton of grain in your images. And when I say grain, I'm not talking about like the grain that you add when you edit. I'm talking about like 
the noise that comes from having your ISO too high. Um, there's a difference between the two. So I just wanted to clarify. Um, yeah, so that is having your ISO settings on your camera, um, you know, usually a little bit lower than normal. So just kind of mess around with that number. So for the last part of this episode, I want to talk about how to actually use the flash. And, um, I think that the most confusing thing about flashes are like the settings and stuff. But once you get the settings down, you can start messing around with how you want the flash to illuminate your subject. So you have a few different options. You can point the flash directly at your subjects. And, um, when you do that, it's going to definitely give you more of like a party vibe. Um, also you'll get kind of like a Polaroid film vibe as well. So that can be fun. If you point your flash directly at your subjects, um, keep in mind that might be a little bit blinding, but you know, you do what you got to do for the photos. I'm just kidding. Um, so another option for your flash is to point it directly up at the ceiling. Um, and this really only works when you have a white or a beige ceiling, because as you think about light, light bounces off of um, surfaces that are white, right? And light doesn't bounce off of like black or dark surfaces. So anything that's reflective, it's going to be helpful for your flash. So you can point your flash directly at the ceiling and that is going to give you a more natural look to your flash images. Um, you can point your flash backwards. So if you have a white wall behind you while you're shooting, it'll be good to point your flash backwards because your flash will fire at the wall and then the wall will bounce that, that, that light back on your subjects to give you just a very, very nice and natural look. Um, another thing that I find I do most often with my flash is I point my flash backwards but it's not like completely backwards. It's only like halfway backwards. And then I get my white card out of my flash, which is like, there's a little card in your flash that can come up and it'll stay up. And that is called a white card. And you're going to use that to bounce the flash off of that card and onto your subjects. So you, it's kind of like a white wall, but um, it's basically when you don't have a white wall, you can use the white card and it kind of creates that white wall for you. So yeah, like I was saying, I most often am using the white card and I'm pointing that flash basically directly at the ceiling, if not just a little bit backwards. And then I have my white card up. Um, and the, the way that you can tell like how the images will look with this type of flash is just by taking a bunch of test shots. It truly varies on your location and the lighting that you already have in the room. So if you are working with the flash, I recommend taking your flash and just trying out what it looks like pointed directly at the ceiling, what it looks like when you have the white card out or when you don't and what it looks like when you point the flash backwards. All of those things are going to help you determine what the best flash position is for your scenario. Um, I find that when I'm shooting basically anything but the reception dancing photos, I'm using that white card. And then during the reception, I like to point my flash directly forward to give my photos more of like a party film vibe. And then I also use the shutter drag, which we are going to talk about. 
So shutter drag photos, if you don't know what they are, I might recommend like literally pausing this episode and Googling shutter drag reception photos or something so you can see what I'm talking about. You've probably seen these photos before. Essentially, they're like party images where your subjects are frozen, obviously frozen in the shot. And then um, you have these drags of like light leaks and movement over the image. Um, and it just creates this really cool, like artistic, um, party vibe, or just like it, it creates some sort of like movement in the image. It's kind of hard to explain. So first I want to explain how shutter drag works. Um, because once you explain or understand how it works, then when I talk about my settings, you'll understand why I have my settings the way that they are. So with shutter drag, your flash is going to go off first. And that makes sense, right? Because your subjects are frozen in motion. And that's what's going to keep your subjects from not being blurry. And I'll explain why. Um, But when the flash goes off, it freezes your subject. And then your camera shutter is going to stay open after the flash happens, right? So the flash goes off, it freezes your subject, but the shutter stays open. So during the time that your shutter is still open, it's only capturing light from any like external light sources that aren't your flash. So I'm going to use the example of string lights. So your flash fires, it goes off and then it goes dark, but your shutter stays open and those string lights are going to be the only thing that are still being captured in the image. So, um, at that point you are going to drag your camera in some sort of like sweeping motion, which is going to turn those external lights into these light drags in your image. And, um, like I said, if you didn't look up what a shutter drag looks like, you should look it up. It's really cool. Um, so there's that movement in the image and when your shutter finally closes, essentially you've captured your subject, which the flash goes off. It captures the subject, but your shutter is staying open. Then you move your camera to capture this dragging motion with just the string lights. Then the shutter closes and that's the entire image. So you have your frozen subject, which is lit up by the flash. And then you have these light leaks from the string lights or whatever lights are present in the moment. So I hope that makes sense because, um, that's literally what you need to know to do a shutter drag. And now I'm going to talk about like how to actually do it. So first things first, you have to make sure that there are additional lights to drag in your image. Um, I've shot at a few venues where they don't have like string lights or DJ lights or anything like that. Like it's literally just kind of like the reception exists and that's it. So make sure that you have additional lights that are going to create the drag in the first place. So that is step one. Then you are going to point your flash directly forward. And the reason you're going to do this is because you want to freeze your subject in motion. Um, so point it directly forward to get that party vibe. Um, then, and this is key, you'll want your shutter on your camera to be super low. I'm talking like one over 30. And, um, if you do this, you'll notice that that low shutter 
is crucial to the image. And as you lower and lower and lower that shutter, the more drag you're going to get from those lights. So I found that like one over 30 is kind of my sweet spot because um, I'm not getting like too much of a drag where it's distracting, but it's enough to where, I don't know, I really, I like the images. Um, I typically am going to put my aperture a little bit higher on my camera. And this is like totally preference. But the reason that I do this is because um, at like a party, I kind of picture the images having a few people in focus and, you know, kind of being able to see the details of not just one person, but a bunch of people that are all in one place. So that's kind of why I do it. Um, I'm all, I also find that like the flash because it's pointed directly forward and my shutter is so low that, um, the images turn out very, very bright. And so I need to find ways to like compensate for this bright thing happening. So I'll raise up my aperture and I also, um, have my ISO like super, super low, like, you know, 100 or something, just like the normal low ISO. But, um, after the shutter, like I was saying, you are going to, you know, press the shutter and then drag your camera in like whatever motion you want. And that motion that you create is how the um, light leaks determine like what direction they go and how squiggly or how curly they are. Um, that is determined by how you move your camera. So I think that's basically it for shutter drag. I like to use shutter drag at receptions. Um, I just think it creates like such a vibey experience. Like, you know, the lights go off and everyone starts dancing and that's when, you know, things get a little blurry. They get a little funky. Yeah. It's, that's kind of the reason that I'm using shutter drag at a wedding. Wow. I kind of just like flew through all of that info. Um, so if you need to give this um, episode a few re-listens, feel free to do that. But thank you guys so much for making it to the end of this episode. I really appreciate all of you listening. And if you don't already, just make sure that you follow me on Instagram and TikTok. That's where I update people on the new things happening in my business. And that's where you really get a glimpse into like the everyday life of like what goes on here. So yeah, thank you all for listening. And I hope everyone has a great Monday. Expose my mind to clarity. Oh, my spirit shudders. Capture the moment or oh, keep my sanity. The wisdom rushing in.